タンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンタンI don't know. This is live from this is live from Lothal, or or this 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 is live. This is live from King's Landing. Live from King's Landing. Live from King's and live from King's Landing. It's Saturday night. All right, let's (laughs) let's do this. Is You're listening to the Watchers of Westeros. I am the King! A Game of Thrones podcast. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Fire cannot kill a dragon. Lion doesn't concern himself with the opinions of a sheep. Also heard the phrase, the Lannister always pays his debt. For the night is dark and full of terror. What good is power if you cannot protect the ones you love? We can avenge them. Hello, everybody, and welcome back at long last. To the Watchers of Westeros, a Game of Thrones podcast. It's been a while. It's been a long time. It, a, a, a lot has changed since the last time we uh, we recorded one of these. A lot has changed in the world. But fortunately, uh, all will be right again, I think, when uh, Game of Thrones premieres this July. It's, uh, it's, it's weird not having Game of Thrones on this time of year. Got kind of used to it over the last, uh, last couple, but... Uh, uh, soon we'll get there we'll get there um we're back now here in um at the end of may 2017 to discuss the season seven trailer for game of thrones and uh and uh get caught up on some of the happenings in in westeros and in game of thrones fandom and in just in general. So, uh, introductions are in order. If you're new to the show, you've, f- or you've forgotten who we are, that is, is probably a, a reality for a lot of you because it, it's been a long time since we've done one of these. My name is Dominic and joining me as he always does, it's my good friend, co-host, the one and only Kieran Duggan. Hello, Dominic. This has been a long time coming. It as has. they say in Westeros, winter is coming. Well, I'm waiting for summer now. When's <laughs> summer coming? Yeah, because summer means that Game of Thrones will be back. That's yeah, how long we've had to wait. It, it's 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 weird, right? Like I I, I keep ex- I, it feels like Game of Thrones should be on. Like, uh, you know, I want uh, one of my other favorite shows is is Silicon Valley, and that's on um HBO as well. And and I got used to uh, last season just sort of watching a Game of Thrones episode and then rolling right into the next Silicon Valley episode. Cause it was, it would be Game of Thrones at nine and Silicon Valley at 10. And I was like, Sunday nights are awesome. And now I just sort of like, I, I sit down to watch Silicon Valley. I'm like, this is great, but it feels empty without Game of Thrones before it. So it's a, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit odd to not have it on at this time of year, but it is also a little well, bit. I think odd. it's fair because what, 
I mean, it's nearly June now. Mm-hmm. I feel like the season would be wrapping up. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's how far into the season we would be. Well, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at like. Um, you know our, our previous episodes and when we released them like it's it's may 29th as we're recording this so the the comparable for last season would be the episode we released on may 27th which was for the episode the door remember that one hold the yeah, door that, hold that, was, the that door. was a sad one yeah and and that was <laughs> remind me of that. <laughs> that was what midway through the season there were uh, one, two, three, four. I was, I was the exact midway point. So we sh- it, it feels like we should be halfway through a season right now. And in, instead we're still waiting for the season. Instead we're, we're happy with a trailer. We're excited that we got a trailer for, uh, for Game of Thrones season seven. So it has been a, a long time since we recorded one of these. Do you want to know how long it's been since we last recorded one? You know what the last episode of Watchers of Westeros we recorded was? I, don't remember was it something to do with quizzes and stuff no it was the one that we that we actually recorded together when i was in exeter last summer oh wow that's how long long that's how long it's been july 4th 2016 that was the day we released it (laughs) it's almost been a year it's almost been a year and i think at the time we're like yeah i think we'll do some episodes during the fall uh and uh the winter and stuff and uh, you know keep the keep the feed active well we, we like as we did the previous season we um we failed to do so we failed to to do that but have you have you been doing any have you done any uh game of thrones related things in the last uh one two three eight eight ten months anything in any game of thrones uh, uh happenings for you um not particularly i mean the thing is with game of thrones it's so when when it when it starts airing mm-hmm. that's all you're focused on yeah and, and you're so excited about every single episode but then because i have made a choice not to read the books because i don't want to be spoiled in anything in a tv show even though i know the tv show is ahead of the books at this point mm-hmm. i still i still want to wait until the show's over which is only two seasons away now before yeah. i get stuck into the books so until that happens i you have that period of time, usually about, I would say, three or four months in a, in, a, in a year when you're just from the trailer like this, from when the trailer is released and you're gearing up and then you have it up until the last episode. Then you have a good week or two of, of dissecting what happened that season and just reflecting a little bit. Um, so that's that that's it. And then and then the in the fall and and the winter star wars comes and it's sort of all star wars star wars star wars and that's partly why we've not really done this i yeah. think is that star wars coming back has made things very difficult because yeah you might they seem to be they seem to be scheduled uh, in in the winter period now yeah you might you might you might even say star wars is back well speaking of star wars uh another bit of uh, interesting game of thrones stuff that happened in the last uh, the last year while we've been off is uh, Amelia Clark was cast in the young Han Solo film. Mm. And so we've got a little we, there's been some some Game of Thrones Star Wars crossover with um Gwendolyn Christie and um so we have another uh, another Game of Thrones Star Wars connection which uh, which is always exciting for us cuz we we're a Game of Thrones Star Wars connection, right? We uh <laughs> with our our Star Wars podcasts and our Game of Thrones podcasts. Now you mentioned that you hadn't you decided not to to read the books. See, I I went the other way. This uh this uh this off season and i i picked up all five current books 
and I've I've read the first three, and I'm about uh, about 200 pages into the fourth one. So I've read a Game of Thrones, uh, Clash of Kings, Storm of Swords, and I'm I'm working my way through a Feast for Crows, and it's 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 been really interesting to have watched the show first, and then try and read the books. Because there are some things like you, you, there are some things where like you gain a, a better appreciation for certain characters. Like there are some characters that I think come across a lot better in the books, but there are also a lot of characters that I, I like a lot better on the show too. Like this is, I don't think this is a, would be a major spoiler because I know, I know you want to read them eventually, but I'm not, so I won't sort of go into too much depth, but like King Robert on the show is a much more likable character than he is in the book. Like he, he's, you, you, you can kind of, when you watch Robert Baratheon in season one, you kind of see like, yes, I understand why this man was able to keep the realm together despite all of the factions and the differences and all of that. Um, but when you read him in the book, it, it kind of comes across a little bit more like, yeah, you can understand why there are people actively working to take him off the throne because he's a bit of a mess. He's a bit of a mess. And, and there are other characters that kind of go the other way too, where, you know, they, they're on the show, you're like, eh, don't really care for that character. But then in the book, you're like, yeah, I, I like this character. And, uh, it's the Baratheon boys, really. It's the, the Baratheon brothers. I think that's, it's really interesting to sort of see how they, how they compare book to, uh, book to, to show. But that's maybe a topic for another day. We're here to talk about the trailer for season seven. So just to refresh your memories, if you haven't heard it or you haven't seen it in a while, and you should go watch it if you haven't seen it in a while, but here is the audio. Enemies to the east. Enemies to the west. Enemies to the south. Enemies to the north. Whatever stands in our way, we will defeat it. We're the last Lannisters. The last ones you count. I was born to rule the Seven Kingdoms. And I will. The King of the North! Your father and brothers are gone, yet here you stand. Last best hope against the coming storm. If we don't put aside our enmities and band together, we will die. And then it doesn't matter whose skeleton sits on the Iron Throne. The Great War is here. July 16th. That's the day. That's the day we have to get to for, uh, for the show to come back proper. By the way, speaking of July 16th, did you by any chance watch any of the, uh, the, did you, did you hear about this? How they revealed the date for the premiere of season seven? 
Yeah, it was pretty cool, wasn't it? But <laughs> it explain pretty, it to people who haven't was, heard it. It was pretty ridiculous, is what it was. <laughs> was they put they put the date they fro they put the date on like this like you know this metal thing, and then they froze that in a big block of ice, and then they shot the ice with flamethrowers <laughs> for an hour while they broadcast it on Facebook Live. <laughs> And then, you know, eventually it, the ice melted enough that they could reveal the date and they had, they had a little teaser trailer that was pretty cool. And then they had Liam Cunningham come on and say, yes, the show is this, the season will be worth, well worth the wait, blah, blah, blah. But that was, that was definitely it. Like it was, it was cool, but it was definitely one of the more ridiculous things I can say I've ever, I've ever, uh, witnessed on the internet was thousands of people, uh, tens of thousands of people. Um, watching ice melt. That was. Uh, it worked though, didn't it? Yeah, it, 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 say what you will. It got people talking about it again. Got people talking about it. Although I, some of the commentary I saw in it was not the most. Um, it was not the most flattering commentary on uh, on 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 the idea of doing that. But anyway, anyway. So uh, the trailer. What did you think overall of the uh, the season seven trailer? I thought it was really good. And to be fair, the, the the trailer previous, which I think was entitled, was it A Long Road? I think it was something like that. But the previous trailer focused on the three central characters mm-hmm. left, really, in this in this series, which is Jon Snow, Daenerys, and Queen Cersei, as we should refer to her as. And... I think this trailer sort of expanded that really. It, 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 it delved into the storylines now of those three central characters and what's likely going to happen because we, we've only, we haven't really seen much of the story yet. And, and I feel like this trailer was good at feeding us little tidbits and pieces of information about what could happen, but at the same time, not revealing a whole lot. And in fact, I thought perhaps the visuals showed more than anything the what what could happen and what's likely to happen than what's actually said by certain characters. Because really, like Cersei's opening line, enemies in the in the south, enemies in the west, enemies in the north. Yeah, that's not that's not really new news. We know that everybody hates Queen Cersei. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not as if we're all sitting there going, oh my word, oh my goodness me the whole world's against Cersei because no one likes her it's not a surprise but what is interesting maybe is how she's going to react to that and then we've got Danny. looks like she's going to the old home of Stannis Baratheon to reclaim her old home I guess is the way she'll look at it and then we've got John up in the north but then there were some other interesting bits of other characters involved particularly the likes of Arya which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit We'll talk about late a little bit later, but yeah, overall, I thought it was a it was a a good teaser trailer. What what about you? What what was your thought about it? Yeah, and the it, whole trailer. Yeah, it definitely did a lot to sort of like remind you of this is where we are. This is this is what happened at the end of last season, uh, with uh, with with Cersei on the on the Iron Throne, with uh da- Daenerys arriving in Westeros, and then uh John up in the north. I was a little bit surprised we didn't see more from John in this trailer, but we'll get into that. Uh, but it, overall it's a, it's a solid trailer. There's lots of, uh, like you said, lots of interesting visuals. It, it seems a, a, a little bit more action packed and maybe than, than previous seasons. And it looks like there's 
more action happening uh in more places you know like it's not just one battle that we're looking ahead to it looks like there's probably going to be three or four this season or at least two or three um and so that that should be that should be pretty exciting because you know we saw how well they've done in, in previous seasons with those those one-off uh major battles with with um uh, you know the battle of the bastards last season and the uh the hard home massacre the year before it, it um it, it was uh, it felt like they they they're sort of taking that and they're going to try and put it in the uh, uh, more than once this next season that sort of crazier action than uh than we were than we were used to in, in previous seasons and and i'm looking forward to seeing stuff like it, you know it'll be cool to see the the dragons in action again it'll be it'll be interesting to see some naval battles because that's sort of a different type of action a lot of the times on game of thrones the action is people with swords running at each other and so it would be kind of cool to see something, uh, something a little bit more akin to the the battle of the Blackwater all the way back in season two, where there was a little bit more uh, strategy than just "Hey, you've got a sword, I've got a sword, run at this that person." <laughs> um, so it, it, that should be cool, and and yeah, so let's let's start at the beginning of of this trailer, and, and let's sort of talk about what we expect from from Cersei this season. Because she seems to be the one, she seems to be really the focus of a lot of the marketing this year. It feels like to me more so. Like I, I would have, which is a little bit surprising. I got to be honest. I would have thought, you know, Daenerys heading for Westeros or you know Jon Snow up in the north would have been sort of the focus. But it 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 really feels like they're going, uh, they're they're really investing in Cersei in terms of marketing this year, and it it does beg the question. Is this Cersei's last season? Are, are we, is this going to, are we going to see the death of Cersei Lannister by the end of season seven? I would be shocked if we don't, to be completely honest. I think now the, the, the storyline has evolved to a point where, as Sir Davos makes the point in this trailer, it's not just about King's Landing anymore. It's getting to the point now where I, in a way I look at Cersei and think she sort of represents that antiquated, almost season one esque perspective of politics in game of Thrones. Uh We're now moving past that point where it's all about fighting over the crown, not saying it's not going to happen this season, but at the end of this season, the real war is going to be between the living and the dead. Yeah. That's, that's where it's going to come to. And does, Cersei really have a place in that fight? I don't think she does. Yeah. I can't see her as a result living past this season. Yeah, it's all she seems to be stuck in the old ways. And I think this season is about is going to be about moving past mm. the old ways. And it, well, it is because what her line at the beginning is exactly that. Yeah. It's all about protecting the crown and mm. and she will fight every single house it seems. Yeah. To 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 achieve her goal it's interesting cersei you know some was somebody i feel like at the beginning of the series was a, a big picture kind of person like she thought about things differently like she she could see she could see the bigger picture she could understand it she was blinded in some ways by you know some of her um uh some of her her ways of, of doing things and, and some of her uh uh her secrets but but overall i feel like she had a pretty good understanding of the big picture in a way that you know someone like ned stark really didn't and i mean just look at how season one ended for that um but 
now it seems like she she's very small picture like she does she can't see that there is this bigger fight coming and the way i'm looking at it is even though the show is called game of thrones and and there is one more season i think this this the the game will be over by the end of this season i i mm-hmm. think we'll have some semblance of political stability in west westeros by you know season season seven episode seven um i but it will be a, a situation where they'll have that stability so that they can look to the north and it's time and, and because the the white walkers are coming and and and, and the real as john snow says the real war is here and, and mm. that's what it's it's going to be all about well um, a, qu- a question for you then dominique mm-hmm. going back to cersei we we also see jamie a couple of times in this trailer i think i think we see him when she's looking at the map on the floor if i'm correct and then we definitely see him in the throne room i I couldn't really read his facial expression but i'm interested to hear your point of view of what's going to happen with his character do you think a he will survive this season and b what do you think the relationship is going to be like between him and cersei this season yeah, Jamie is is always uh always a character you're never quite sure what to make of. Ever, at least ever since season 3. In season 1 and 2, he was very much the villain, he's the bad guy, he's everybody hates him and then season 3 we sort of got into his into his sort of real history and and what he actually believes and what he actually thinks and um you know, how he how he actually and, and what he actually wants and how he actually views Cersei now is is interesting because when he came back at the end of last season I don't get I don't didn't get much from from this trailer from him because he doesn't say much in this trailer but he doesn't strike me as he's as he's really bought into uh Cersei Lannister as the queen of Westeros. I think he's there out of sort of, uh, out of love and out of, uh, familial loyalty, but I don't think he really believes in her as king. I, not that he's ever really believed in anybody as king, but he, he doesn't really believe in her as queen. And so I, I look back to that last episode of last season when he showed up after she had bombed the sept and when she was being crowned, he didn't look happy. He looked scared. And I think he does. I think he, what he sees in her is what he saw in the Mad King. And I think he, yeah. I think he knows that she can't be allowed to continue. And this season for him is going to be about accepting that. And whether or not he kills, uh, he kills her is, is the big question. I had a, I had a theory and I think I brought this up to you on the last episode eight months ago uh and and it doesn't look like it's going to happen from this season uh from this trailer but i had had this theory that that after killing walter Frey, Arya would head to would head to west would head to um king's landing and try to kill cersei and jamie would stop her because he knows what it means to be a king slayer or a queen slayer and sort of stop Arya from doing that and and then do it himself because he he would know that he that she had that Cersei has to go, but he wouldn't want anybody else to take on the burden of being uh, a Kingslayer. Mm-hmm. But it seems like Arya's heading north, which uh, just means it'll be a, a Stark family reunion instead, which is which is all right too. But but something I I do think that Jamie's going to be the one to, to do it. Um, 
I, I think that's a really interesting theory that people have put out there and and it would be a, a tragic end for that character and you know could Jamie survive past it could Jamie and Tyrion reconcile could they could they um could they ever reconcile in the show this is again a, a, you know uh, now that I've read some of the books, I can I can kind of give this perspective. But in in, uh, in the book, it's a lot clearer how they feel about each other after mm. after the the stuff with Tywin. And uh, whereas in the show, it's a little bit more ambiguous, and I feel like it, it would be easier to bring them bring Jamie and Tyrion back together on the show than it than it would in the books. And you know, well, how like, about how about this as a potential theory? Because I think that's a that's a good one, and it's it, it's one that a few people have been or commentators have been talking about of Jamie killing Cersei parallels with the Mad King, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et what about if Cersei killed Jamie? And that could almost be the final crux that I don't know shows that she's just lost it completely because she's maybe thinking, hey. He's done this before, stabbed somebody in the back. She's clearly paranoid and mm-hmm. she's not she's not thinking at all straight. Yeah. Could could you see the possibility of her killing Jamie and then it's somebody like Tyrion maybe or somebody else who ends up killing her? Yeah. I, I, I just wonder what's Jamie's role in the story right now? And I think what what can and and, and what does what does uh, her killing killing him? What does that mean? What does that tell us? Because we already know that she's crazy. You know, we saw that at the end of last That's season, true. and we've already seen that she's kind of kind of cold towards her family. Like you know, she sees Tommen's body and she's barely barely mourns him at this point. You know, she's just so cold in that way. So in in that regard, you know, that could be sort of laying some groundwork for her turning on him but i i I think that there's still there's that jamie lannister has one more has has probably has one more thing to do in this story before his time's up i think both i don't think either of these characters is going to live uh past i don't think either of these characters is going to survive the series um but i i I feel like all of the characters that are still around have a part to play and we just need to figure out what that part is. And, and, you know, for some, it's kind of obvious, like with John and, and Danny and, and, um, even someone like Sir Davos, it's, it's, it's pretty clear what their part to play in this is. But with, with Jamie, it's, it's sort of like, where is he? And, and if the show has something more in mind for him, then I think he'll probably be the one to kill her. If the show has nothing left for him and he's just still around because they haven't gotten around to killing him off, then yeah, I could see her being the one to to off him but I, I i would like to i would hope that it would go the other way i think that would be a fitting end to jamie's story is that he would have to do he would have to be the king slayer again essentially or the queen slayer this time and mm. he, you know it, it, he got mocked so much for being the king slayer by people like robert baratheon he was sort of treated so terribly by ned stark for it and yet he did he was the one guy doing the right thing he he actually did the he did the good thing for the realm and i think we may find up find out in the end that he actually does care about you know what's best for the people and and he would put that over um over his own uh reputation or his own 
personal, um, you know, standing. And that would, I think that would kind of be the perfect, uh, ending, the perfect ending for Jamie's story. Because when we were first introduced to him, he was, we thought he was the opposite of that. We thought he was somebody who was very selfish and only cared about himself when, you know, he, he's actually a guy who helped save Westeros. It was instrumental yeah. in it, I think you could put it. I think, uh, yeah, I, I sort of threw the Cersei theory out there just to sort of be a bit of a devil's advocate, but I, I, I'm with you really. I think the, the Jamie story, that would be, that would be the most fitting end. And, and it would show that his character really has changed. Uh, it, it seems to most people that he's not going to be happy with Cersei's rule. And, and it's understandable because she has gone stark crazy, to be honest. <laughs> and she said she's become so cold that even she can't even mourn the death of her child. Or she's lost so much, I guess she just is just numb to it now. And I think the 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 loss of Tommen in particular is the one that's just pushed her over the edge completely. And and now, um, I I really fear what's going to go down in King's Landing during her rule because we'll, we'll see at least within the I'd say maybe half of the season. I imagine would be seeing Cersei's wicked rule yeah. in King's Landing. Because you got it got to show it, surely, to to then make it believable that somebody would do so. You know, if you just see her one scene of her cackling, uh, uh, having a spoon and stirring a cauldron or something, then <laughs> it's not really going to tell you much. You got to see how how is this affecting people on the ground? Are people starving? Are people protesting? Is she just ordering her troops to massacre people? That's the sort of thing I imagine we're going to see occur. And then within the throne room, we'll probably see certain individuals get it if anybody's still left or anybody who thinks of challenging her, there's going to be no one there. I imagine, for example, we just won't see a a small council. That won't exist anymore. Uh I think she will be the council. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's... um... It'll and the be king's like, hand will pro- a queen's <laughs> hand will probably be Jamie, I guess. But well, I, no, it would be it would be um, what's his face, Kyburn. Oh he yeah, had sorry, the, yeah, he Kyburn, had the pin yeah. at the end of last season. But yeah, uh, yeah. It, it it definitely feels like it'll be all of the all of the worst things about Joffrey's reign, just more so because you know Joffrey mm. was sadistic, and I think Cersei has that a little bit as well, but she also. She's smart. And she's smart and she's so, so cold at this point. So much, so much colder than, than Joffrey was. Like Joffrey would say, you know, you know, kill these people like out of anger. She would, she's just going to kill them just like, cause she can't be bothered to deal with them. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I, I hope we see a, an episode or two that sort of delves into that and sort of explores what exactly goes on there. Um, let's shift to the north. Um, where we see King of the North, Jon Snow. Uh, I was surprised by the, kind of by the lack of Jon in this trailer. We get a, get a couple of shots of him when we hear the, sh- we hear his line at the end, but I, I was a little bit surprised that we didn't see more of him. And I, I'm really curious, you know, last season ended with that big reveal about who his mother really was and, and who his father isn't. The, the show has yet to actually confirm who his father is, but it's, pretty clear um from the fan theories at least <laughs> um uh even hbo had like a weird a weird sort of thing that seemed to confirm it but i i'm really curious to see how 
that information gets out there and how that information affects him because it it's it's one thing for us to know that as the audience but there's not really a definitive way of proving it on the show and and, and you know how he'll find out and what his reaction to finding it out will be is I, I, i'm intrigued i I'm, I'm curious to see where that goes yeah i agree i the, that information i think we talked about this in in the in the finale of last season is not common knowledge and 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 to be honest who else knows it other than bran my only minor inclination and perhaps this sort of is fitting a couple of dots together here is that Littlefinger knows yeah because i i think i don't know if i've if if you know this or not or what, what do you think about this theory but the lines that he says in the trailer aren't to sansa but to john Oh, interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that. I hadn't thought about that. I, it, I think Littlefinger is, is still trying because to. Because I, I think he's trying to tear those two apart. Definitely. And there's a scene later in the trailer, I think I, I told you this, where John is forcibly pushing somebody against yeah. a wall. And that's definitely Littlefinger. It's definitely Littlefinger. He's doing, he's like, he's channeling yeah. his, which channeling is, his father in, uncle. In, which is in the tunnels, isn't it? In, oh, sorry, in the, in the, in the um, yeah, well, where the statues are. And that's where I think he's saying that line and could easily bring up that particular fact. Because I think he wants to push John to try and go for it, whilst he's then telling Sansa, look what John's trying to do here. If you don't do something now, he's going to take it for himself. Do you want him to do it? That's what I think he's going to try and do here. It's yeah. just been playing the game as he always does. But yeah, I think that's a fair point because actually we see more of him, Littlefinger, than we do of John, really, don't mm-hmm. we, in this? Which, again, perhaps if we're speaking about how it was with, with Cersei, seeing more of her means she's going to be off. Pretty sure that's going to be the case with Littlefinger this season as well. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think this is Littlefinger's last season. I think characters like Cersei and Littlefinger, who are very much... Yeah, they're still playing the game, even though um, John has has John is definitely the guy who's moved on. It seems like Sansa's probably with him on that, and when Arya gets back, she'll be with him. Whereas, and 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 Daenerys and the Greyjoys are playing like a completely different game. <laughs> they're you know Cersei and, and Littlefinger are like let's play politics, and and uh, the Greyjoys and the Targaryens are like nah, let's just burn everything <laughs> until we get what we want and then there's john up there in the north going like i don't have time for these these stupid games i got i got white walkers knocking on my knocking on my wall mm. uh i i've got well do you do you think then dominic that mm-hmm. we don't see much of john do you think it's because he won't be in the north for much this season do you think he's going to well, not necessarily be exiled but he's going to leave winterfell i i'm curious what i there's a line. There's a line in the trailer. It's the line from Davos where he says, you know, if we don't look past our or whatever he says, you know, en- enmities, enmities, um, we won't, uh, it won't matter whose skeleton sits upon the Iron Throne. I kind of think he's talking to Daenerys. Or he's talking to somebody from her crew, maybe Tyrion. Mm-hmm. A Tyrion, a Tyrion Davos scene. That would be great. Wouldn't that be great? A Tyrion Davos scene. Those two, those two are like, they're the, the strategy minds. That would be interesting to see those two come together. Well, that would make and, sense because we know where Daenerys is going to be. And so Davos, of course, is familiar with yep. those surroundings. Yeah. And, and I, I do think we are going to get the meeting of, of Jon Snow and, and Daenerys Targaryen. And, you know, it, 
it could be a situation where, you know, you were saying Littlefinger maybe knows the truth. Maybe he tells John the truth. Maybe Bran shows up and tells John the truth. And then when they hear about this Targaryen arriving in the south, John is the one to go because he, he maybe he hopes that he can find out some truth or maybe he, he hopes that he can better negotiate with her because of his true heritage. And that would then leave Sansa alone in the north, potentially with Littlefinger breathing down her shoulder. That would make sense as well neck, then because yeah. that could be – the like you said – that information could push John to go to Daenerys. Yeah. It's just if somebody like Littlefinger delivered it, it would make sense on Littlefinger's part because he wants to get John out there. He yep. want, he doesn't want him in Winterfell. Yep. And then and and so and you then would, you would leave. He can manipulate Sansa is what he's hoping, I guess. Yeah. And and so then John and and Daenerys and they they would have to have some sort of meet up and some sort of powwow because it is interesting. We don't see a whole lot of those two in the trailer. I mean, we see Daenerys arriving. And we see action in the north with uh, other people dressed in sort of northern-ish clothing, but th- those two are strangely absent from a lot of a lot of the action. It seems like, and and I have to think that's because they are going to meet. Mm. They're going to meet at some point, and they'll have some sort of they'll have to make some sort of pact, like that that you know, John will help her take out Cersei, so that they can then turn their sights on the north or maybe john's just hoping to convince her to just come north help us wipe out the white wipe out the white walkers and then you can head south as as the hero who stopped the the great northern invasion who knows um and and that could keep cersei around for another season <laughs> uh, however however oh, people God. feel about that um but it, it is those two are a little bit the trailer is a little bit light on on john and, and danny and what we see is very much just sort of them standing around. And so to put them together, I think is, is the natural progression for this season. And, and, and yeah, and, and a, a reunion of Targaryen cousins. There you go. Well, that, that could, uh, that could make sense for, uh, for, for this season. Uh, but sticking in the North, um, as we've sort of, we talked, touched on Sansa just a little bit, like, you know, obviously Littlefinger's trying to sow some sort of, descent between her and and john i think i i you know i think they're gonna sort of toy with the idea that she's she maybe considers overthrowing john but i think i you know i think that that stark blood runs deep and uh you know that they even if they're not brothers or or if they're not siblings or half siblings they are cousins of some kind you know liana stark and, and and ned stark were siblings so i i think that they are going to ultimately be loyal to each other. Um, how how much of a stark reunion are we going to get? Do you think? Because we got the big one last season, and and even though it's two characters that never had a scene together before, it felt good to have John and Sansa together because it was a, at long last we've we've reunited some of the Starks. We know Ar- Arya seems to be in the north. Bran is beyond the wall, heading for the wall. Are are we going to get a Stark reunion? Are all four living Stark children? And we'll keep calling them that for now. Uh are they all going to meet up again this season or are they going to are we going to kind of get a, a mini reunion with maybe Sansa and Arya or Sansa and Bran, uh John and Arya? If if John's head head south, maybe he would run into Arya along the way. And Arya seems like she would fit in great with uh <laughs> with Danny's crew. Um how much of a Stark reunion are we getting? 
I don't think we're going to get the full reunion. Uh, and that's in part with, with the sort of feeling that John's going to go down south at some point and Arya's going up to the north. So that I don't see those two yet meeting. The interesting thing of Arya is she's going to the north. I don't really know why yet. I, it does, her, her motives seem unclear. And I wonder if we're going to even see any fallout from what's happened in the Twins because she's always, she, she just sliced Walter Frey's neck. He's mm-hmm. dead. Is that, are we just going to ignore that? I don't know. I'm intrigued. And with Arya, now we know what we've seen, particularly at the end of last season, that she has now become adept into this idea of, uh, of you know, taking somebody's face, basically. She, yeah. <laughs> she, she's now one of them, the faceless uh, assassin now. And it, it, make, it makes her story arc very interesting because in a way she could be anywhere she and 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 if she, it seems like she's going to go back to winterfell will we just see her go as aria i'd be surprised because surely somebody would recognize her <laughs> so it means yeah. she's likely going to be wearing a mask to go in well and do whatever now the big thing that people are talking about of aria is the um was it Variety or um, maybe not Variety? There was there was a front cover on some magazines. Uh, it was Entertainment earlier. Weekly. Entertainment Weekly, sorry, not Variety. I think it's Star Wars now. Um, <laughs> well, no, Entertainment yeah. Weekly seems they seem to get all the cool uh, all the cool exclusives. Although it's not it's not the same guy. It's not the Brez. It's not Bre- Anthony. No, Brez it's not the Brez. <laughs> um, sorry, Entertainment Weekly with those front covers and people are pointing to. Maybe I should. I don't. I don't even know whatever. It's not. None of this is a spoiler. There's been anything that's going to happen. But in the photo is the dagger. Arya is has got beside her, or she's wearing it, so to speak, as a weapon. The dagger that was used by Littlefinger in season one to uh, to capture Ned Stark with, and then it's the same dagger that we'd seen used, I think, earlier in that season as well. To, to, How does she acquire it? That's the big question that people are asking. Interesting. That that is interesting. I, it makes you wonder. I I, I I there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people traveling right now that are heading mm. either north or away from the north. Yeah, you know, we've got the we've got the Hound and the Brotherhood. We've got Arya. We've got um, Melisandre. She's after she was banished um, by John at the end of last season and potentially Jon Snow and Davos heading mm, the Greyjoys the Greyjoys well the Greyjoys are traveling with Danny aren't they yeah yeah okay, but we've right. got a lot of people sort of going either north or south right now and it seems like there's a lot of potential for characters in that sort of area to to interact and yeah with with Arya and, and that dagger I don't know I don't really even know what to to read into it it might just be it, it might be oversight on the part of the photographers or, or the, the costumers, or it might be a very intentional, mm. intentional thing. I'd like to think so, because surely you would, particularly the sort of production company that Game of Thrones is, they, they, they aren't very, well, I don't know, really. They, they, well, they obviously try and keep everything as secretive. There's a lot of Lucasfilm in that. They, they're very good at keeping things quiet. Yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, the Jon Snow stuff from last season, they just could not keep under wraps. Yeah. But that's, that, that's a little bit different, I guess, than to a dagger. 
I'd like to think that I hope it's not an oversight because if that is, then it's pretty bad on their part, I think, because you you should be checking. Every, you've got to think from the perspective of a fan who's not seen this, yeah, or TV viewers. But whatever, whatever. It, it, all we know is that she's wearing that dagger. She could just acquire it. Doesn't mean she's going to use. Well, I, she probably will use it, but it doesn't necessarily mean she's going to kill Littlefinger, for example. Which is what the bit the main the main theory is is that it's. Uh, well, it's it's you know the the parallels there again a bit like we talked about with Jamie earlier with the Mad King and the Mad Queen and then it's sort of Littlefinger holds the throat up to Ned, Arya yeah. does its Littlefinger, yeah, it, you know? yeah, and it's the people that wronged Arya. It, that, that, it, the, the logic of it makes sense, but but who has that dagger right now? That's does Littlefinger the other have it, or yeah, I I I'm curious because like. I I I don't I don't know where to think Arya winds up because they they're they're sort of they're they're keeping her 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 story kind of quiet and you're right we should maybe be looking at um uh that maybe we should be looking at um what you call it uh, uh the, her sort of training with the faceless faceless uh men and and that sort of thing uh, as to where she would go but. I'm sort of, you know, I've been sort of thinking. I hadn't, I hadn't really considered the the dagger thing because I'd been thinking, you know, she's travel. I was, this was the point I was sort of making earlier. There's a lot of people traveling in that north and south region, and it would make sense for her to encounter some of them at some point along the way. And there's a lot of people going north. That's where the Brotherhood and the Hound are going. Um, and she at the, at some point does have to meet Melisandre again because uh, Melisandre said when they met in season. Three, I think that they would um, they would see each other one more time. And so, where she winds up, you know, I, I, she could just as easily wind up north as she could wind up south. And and that dagger mm. from that from her costume, it definitely seems like she's she's a northern person. And and it would be cool to see her use that dagger up against uh, Littlefinger. So you know what? I'm gonna buy into that. I'd been thinking that it would make more sense for her to wind up with Daenerys but I like this I like this dagger stuff I like this this dagger idea of her her taking out Littlefinger at long at long last so I, I'll, I'll buy into her that father one. yeah seeing, I, I, her, seeing his her father beheaded yeah I kind of hope that Sansa would be the one to take out Littlefinger because mm-hmm. of all the hell that he'd put her specifically through but Arya taking him out wouldn't be a bad choice either. I mean, I guess you could look at it from a perspective of saying, well, Sansa's already taken one person out. Arya's not really in that sense. You know, she she had her big revenge moment with Ramsay. True, true. But Arya got her moment with Walder Frey. That is also true. They're kind of also true. Yeah, they're kind of uh, they they've kind of each, even. Yeah, they're kind of even. <laughs> Maybe they'll kill Littlefinger together. As, hey, there we sisters. go. Share, share it out. Share a sisterly, out. a sisterly act of murder. <laughs> that oh, would. Well, it's getting quite brutal now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's it's the it's the second last season. Um. <laughs> so okay, so we've we've got um. So we've got the we've got Daenerys taken. The, so we've got we've got um we've got John. We've got Sansa. We've got Arya. Uh, we don't see Bran in the trailer. No. Um, I think it's safe to say he'll just kind of wind up at Winterfell. At some but point. we do see the North, and I'm pretty yeah. sure we've seen clips then of Beyond the Wall. Are you yes. surprised? That, oh, oh, not surprised. Let me rephrase that question. 
how how much content do you expect or or footage we're going to see of Beyond the Wall yeah. and the White Walkers? It's it's ever since you know ever since that ever since the the stuff at Hard Home when the White Walkers sort of really made themselves made themselves known to John. It sort of seems like ever since that happened, everything else seems really petty. You know, everything else doesn't really matter. And and it's almost like we're just kind of waiting for the next um, White Walker, the, the next big White Walker strike because we know what it can be. And the only time we really saw the White Walkers last season was with Hodor holding the door. And... That was interesting because they were chasing Bran after Bran had seen the Night King in his vision. And the Night King seemed to mark Bran in some way. And, 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 you know, the theory is that, you know, Bran going through the wall, having been marked by the, the White Walkers will allow the White Walkers to go through the wall. You know, John said to Ed, um, try not to let the wall fall down while I'm gone. Some people think that that's actually going to happen, <laughs> that poor Ed is going to be, you know, he's he's Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, more by process of elimination than anything else. And while he's Lord Commander, the wall is going to come down uh, and the White Walkers will make their way south. And at which point a, a dragon would be um would be pretty nice to handle some of those whites. Um, but uh. How much are, are we expecting from the White Walkers? That's the question. Cause I, the White Walkers feel like a looming threat this season. Again, HBO has put a lot into marketing them, but they still kind of feel like the looming threat. Like they were, we saw them in the first season and then, and then they were kind of, you know, we didn't, we would sort of hear of them and, and, and we didn't really see them in action a whole lot we would catch bits and bits and pieces here and there but not a whole lot um i mean at the end of the the one season we did but you know it, it we it wasn't until season five that we really saw their their full potential and all of their capabilities and and it's sort of like that happened and now we've got to wait for that next uh that next action scene and it almost feels like this season i would be surprised if we don't see them I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see them all that much this season and that it's almost I'm going to use a Harry Potter metaphor. I'm going to use a Harry Potter reference here. I, I think this season and it makes sense. Season six would be is going to be like the half blood prince there where, where Voldemort doesn't actually really show up in that one. They talk about him a lot and there there's, you know, Harry and Dumbledore do a lot of research into him. But he's not, he's not really there. He doesn't show up the way he did in Goblet of Fire or Order of the Phoenix or that he will in Deathly Hollows. And, and I kind of feel like that's the way where like we saw, we saw the White Walkers in action in a, in a big way in seasons five or season four, season five and six. Oh, right. My, my, my numbering is I'm getting a little bit confused on the numbering. We saw them in a big, big way in five and six and, um, season seven. We'll probably see them. It won't be exactly like Voldemort, but we'll, we'll see them, but it will be more in a John sends people essentially on ranging missions to go out there and, and find out things about the White Walkers. Or maybe Sam will find out something about the White Walkers while he's at the Citadel. Sam, strangely absent from the trailer, although an official still of him and Gilly doing research in the Citadel was released, which is kind of cool. 
uh, and and Gilly is reading um, a thing about Azora High, which is also pretty cool. Um, the pro- which is the the you know the Red Priest's uh, prophecy of the the hero who will save uh, who will come again and save the save save the people from the darkness. But uh, yeah, I. I I think the White Walkers will be more of a, a looming threat. We, we won't see them in a major way this season until perhaps the very end. But the the they won't be forgotten about is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think that's fair. The the White Walkers. Actually, I think that's the best comparison to make. Is is like Voldemort in in the Half Blood Prince. Which is, is necessary because there are so many other storylines which need to start wrapping up, you would think, if you want to have maximum impact and, and just focus on the White Walkers, which has been built up from the very first episode of the series. Uh-huh. They're the big bad. They've always been the big bad, in a way. And it's about getting rid of the sort of second tier of villains, if, they, if you want to call them that, which I think will happen. Um but perhaps not play out quite as we expect it will do. No. <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah, the, the wall going down is a big possibility at the end of the season as, as the, as the big cliffhanger. Ooh, um, that would be a good cliffhanger. <laughs> that would be a really good cliffhanger. <laughs> the wall comes down and somewhere Donald Trump weeps in his, uh, <laughs> <laughs> gotta build another wall. <laughs> We're like, no. <laughs> Who's going to pay for this one? Uh, <laughs> King's Landing is not paying for it. <laughs> um, no, I, I, that, that, that should be it. The, the other point as well related to that then is these storylines, some of these storylines may wrap up, but it's not as if it's going to be a complete united force that takes out each of them individually. People are, what will happen is I think is that characters like Littlefinger and Cersei will die, but they're on opposite ends of the, of the world. And that'll be part of season seven. You hope is that they're going to, because otherwise it'd be, what you're going to have six episodes of just non-stop action. Not that I'm not, I wouldn't complain, but you got to have a storyline still. And it can't be as simple as everything by the end of the season is completely wrapped up and everybody's on the same side. Everything's looking rosy because it can't. It just won't end up that way. And it's like with Daenerys' forces, for example. We haven't seen much of them. Like, I'm thinking of the Greyjoys and the Sand Snakes. But we do see one interesting moment in this trailer. I don't know if you've caught it with uh, Yara and yeah, Delaria we'll, we'll having get, an interesting moment together. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But but yeah. It, there, yeah. I, but you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like... It, it does kind of, yeah. I I see. I was sort of thinking that this season, in some ways, like I almost I almost expect like the the finale of this season to feel a little bit like a series finale, in the sense that it, it'll feel like a lot of the stuff that was established in season one in terms of the politics will be sort of wrapped up, and we'll have we'll have someone good in charge, and, and things will be. Things will be looking peachy and then there'll be a, a very dramatic reminder like the wall coming down or, or something of, of the real threat. And, and then, you know, next season, the, it will be, I don't think it'll be all nonstop action, but there'll be a lot of sort of trying to figure out ways to stop the, uh, the white walkers and a lot of sort of trial and error in, in that regard. And 
obviously people are never going to agree. So they will be, even if everybody, everything seems, you know, hunky dory at the end of this season with, you know, yeah, everybody's friends. Hooray. Um, when, when, a when an invading army of zombies, uh, starts making their way south, people will, I'm sure, disagree on how to handle it. And that could lead to some splintering and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and so I, I don't think that there, there needs to be any sort of leftover politics at the end of this season. I think it, the, they could almost sort of establish a new order, uh, at the end of this season. And then in a weird sort of way that the next season could be almost like about the crumbling of that new order as they try to, or the, the trials and tribulations of that new order as they try to figure out how to deal with the White Walkers once and for all. Yeah, exactly. No, I completely agree with that. I think the political order, stability of it is necessary to ha- to be successful against the White Walkers. And if you've got people like Cersei on the throne and people like Littlefinger trying to mess things around in the north, then it's just not going to happen. So you you need something like that. And that's where you need the stability, as you said. That's where other characters, other factions will become interesting like the Sand Snakes, like the Brotherhood and the Greyjoys, because they're still wild cards in all of this. You don't mm-hmm. know how you keep those forces united together once certain people are gone. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking once Cersei goes, for example, will everybody be buying into the idea of fighting the White Walkers or will other people want to take, will want to try and take lands and things you know people that's what that's the nature of game of thrones where it's not all going to be right good versus evil i imagine there'll be some factions that'll be like hey in all this death and destruction maybe we can rise and take our place that's what it's all about yeah well i mean that's what that's what the ironborn did the first time in the middle mm. of the you know the what in the war of the five kings that's what Euron or not Euron Greyjoy, a uh, uh, Balon Greyjoy did essentially was okay. Everybody's fighting. Well, I'm just gonna go around and start claiming land for myself. And I, I wish we, I hope that that the Ironborn are sort of are developed a bit more this season in in who they are outside of Balon Greyjoy, Euron Greyjoy, Yara Greyjoy, and Theon Greyjoy. You know, I I want to see that sort of that that developed because. There, there was a split at the end of uh, midway through last season when, when Yara and Theon, uh, after they, after they lost, uh, after they lost the election, they ran off with, uh, with half the fleet or with, with what was the good parts of the fleet and went to find Daenerys. And now that they're with her and Euron seems to be in, in charge, obviously there's got to be a showdown there. Euron's got to go down. And once that happens, you know, it, it, what's left for those characters what is what is theon's role in the in the end of the story what is yara's role is it just to take out euron because euron you know while this all of this sort of iron island stuff is interesting it feels at times like an unnecessary distraction if you know what i mean like it, it the the iron mm. the iron islands were kind of were dropped from the show essentially after season three or midway through season four. Uh, we didn't see them at all in season five. Uh, and they came back in season six and then, and, and with Euron and to take out Balon and that sort of thing. But they, 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 their story has always sort of felt like it's, 
kind of off to the side from the main story and not really impactful outside of Theon taking Winter Winterfell. And after that happened, you know, then, then Ramsay took over and yeah, we know, how, we know how it played out. But since then, it, it doesn't really feel like they've contributed much. You know, obviously they've contributed ships and that sort of thing, but Danny kind of could have, she had a, she had a fleet at the beginning of last season. It just got burned so that they could stall for another year so that those, so that, um, uh, Theon and Yara could show up essentially. Um, but this whole great, this whole Euron Greyjoy thing, like he just sort of pops up and now he's this big bad and we're going to have to have these, these big battles against him this season. And it sort of feels like. It it just sort of feels like a you know there's been so much already that has sort of happened you know it, 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 at the beginning of se- in, in season one Danny and and Viserys the the Targaryens have a stated goal of returning to Westeros and reclaiming the Iron Throne and so much has already happened that I just don't see what new Euron brings to the table just yet he he seems pretty generic bad guy right now and. That's unfortunately not the the what what we sort of look to Game of Thrones for. Yeah, I agree, and um, I think it will be yeah the I, the, the Greyjoy stuff. I think is going to be actually quite fascinating. I've, I've decided this this season it because the thing is with the Greyjoy storyline, it's been weaving in and out now and then like in season two, it was such a big part of this show, mm-hmm. the the infighting between yeah. the Greyjoys and, and the inner politics. And then it's, it just completely disappeared. And you had a couple of episodes in between seasons three and five. And then they brought in the other Greyjoy character, which is what you were talking about, where, um, you know, I now that Balon Greyjoy is gone and he's been taken over by his older brother, He's another big bad that's got to go. He's gone this season. There's no way that he's living past this season, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. It almost would have been more interesting if, if you know, after Balon died, if Yara could have just taken over and, and then instead of her and Theon going to Danny, have Danny come to her and, you know, kind of do what they did last. I don't know. It, it, it kind of feels like you know, the Greyjoy stuff is a big part in the books, obviously. Uh, so they, they want to do it justice, but it just kind of feels like they left it for so long that it, they didn't really have time to do it justice. Uh, agreed. Anyway, so, uh, very quickly, let's kind of go through some, some bullet points almost here. Uh, you mentioned, uh, Ilaria Sand and Yara Greyjoy. Um, they, they, uh, sharing a moment, shall we say? Um, interesting. Uh, the, the Sand Snakes, absent from the trailer unsurprisingly <laughs> um what what do you think the role of of dorn is this season considering it's the you know we were just sort of talking about how they haven't handled the Greyjoy plotline as perfectly as they could have uh i don't i don't think they the 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 dorn plotline is definitely the um the show's weakest moment um but what is what do you think the role is for for dorn and i guess by extension um the tyrells or lady lady olena um, mm. in this season well that's it because their alliance that they they forged at the end of season six is built out of the hatred they both have for cersei lannister that's why deciding with dan daenerys in my opinion is because by siding with daenerys who wants to take the throne 
it will get rid of Cersei. And they that's that's their main objective at this point because Elena's said her legacy's been torn apart now. She's got no children left, but she doesn't look at it in the same way as Tywin does when she talks about legacy. It's just she her her dynasty's gone and she's you know, she wants retribution. And then you've got uh Ilaria's sand snake or the sand snakes and and and, and you've got Ilaria leading them and she wants to get rid of Cersei and the Lannisters because of what they did to Oberyn Martell. She blames them for that fact. So it'd be interesting to see actually how her and Tyrion interact, for example, because he's a Lannister, even though he clearly did nothing wrong. Yeah, well, the last time, Oberyn, the last Oberyn, time, yeah, but Oberyn fought for him. Yeah, the last time she saw Tyrion, they were equally distraught over what happened to Oberyn, just for slightly different reasons. Uh, yeah, she but, might, she, she but, he, but he he stood as his champion. Yeah, Oberyn well, stood as Tyrion, Tyrion's yeah. champion. He could not be argued. He could be blamed in part. For oh, that. absolutely. I think that would be fascinating to see if if that. Um, if they wanted to to take on to take on that um so yeah so sand snakes I, i'm sure they'll have a part to play but i can't imagine it being all that large they'll probably just kind of mm. i don't think they'll yeah, be shunt, sort of i don't think they'll be shunted line. i don't think they'll be yeah. shunted the way they were last season like just sort of like okay you're in the first episode and the last episode and nothing else um but i i suspect that there's not a whole lot for them to do all right uh other quick points uh will we see marine at all this season Will we see Marine? Nope. All right. No Marine. Will what do you think? I, yeah, no, I, I don't think so. I think we should check back in because it is, you know, she, she didn't really just leave behind a very volatile situation. Like, yeah, she killed all the slavers, but there was still unrest. I, I, I yeah, I'm glad that she moved on from that because, you know, after seven seasons, six seasons was a long time to spend there. But it, it is kind of it is a little bit odd the way that she left things there uh, or the way that yeah. the show really sort of wrapped it up very neatly. Um, I think as well with the lack of episodes, just quickly to say mm-hmm. in this season, I think they'll just certain storylines will just be ignored, I think. Yeah. In large part. Yeah. That's what, just my view. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue uh, with your points. Bullet points. points what list. do you expect from Brienne this season? Well, we see her in the north with King uh, in King's Landing. No, sorry, not King's Landing. Winterfell. Uh, cut that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 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 Winterfell with Sansa and uh, and the crew. I don't know. I think that that's an interesting one. She's another sort of wild card because her her sort of house, as it were, has sort of been ignored. Yeah. And I haven't really touched upon anything related to that. I think I, I always thought her fate lied with Jamie, but I don't, I don't, I just don't see those two coming back together again. I felt that was a final goodbye. Yeah. So it's going to be tied to Sansa now because of her oath to Catelyn. That's my personal view. Yeah. What do you think? My, my theory is that not, not this season, but by the end of the show is that I think by the end of the show, Danny will be on the throne. Uh, Sansa will be wardeness of the North. John will be back as, um, Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. And I think, um, Brienne of Tarth will break the glass ceiling and become the first, uh, female member, the first woman of the Night's Watch. And John will make her, you know, ranger or something, you know, give her some kind of, uh, big title like that. Because that, that seems like th- those two kind of seem like kindred spirits in a way. And I, it, we haven't seen them together really, but, they, I think they would get along just fine. All right. Um, very quickly, Sam, Sam and Gilly, what do we expect? Sam's going to pick it up quickly. I'm hoping, but, um, 
I, the thing for him is how how does it all tie in with the other storylines? I was I was ho- I hope that they do go into some depth about him learning about the White Wall because that's what we want to know. We want we want Sam to be the, the 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 man who holds the wisdom. He he understands what they need to do. For me, Sam's storyline won't go into much detail this season. We'll probably go in and see bits of him because his storyline feeds into next season, if that makes sense, because yeah. his his is so entwined with the White Walkers. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. All right. And finally, we didn't, we didn't spend a whole we, – we talked about Danny a little bit in relation to John and in relation to other things. I – I'm curious to see what exactly her story entails this season because she's made it to Westeros. It's kind of like, now what? And I, 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 I'm wondering what exactly her reaction to finally being home will be and, and how she, what her strategy is and how she goes about, uh, dealing with, uh, with what goes on, with what's, with what needs to happen. Uh, again, I was a little bit surprised by the sort of, you know, she's there in the trailer. She, she starts off the trailer, but she doesn't seem to be involved in many of the major scenes. Although Danny's never really been an action character, uh, except when she rides her dragon and there, we do see the dragons in action. So, uh, what do you expect from Daenerys Targaryen this season? Well, I, I think she's going to go to King's Landing. That's it. She's, she is going to go there to wipe out. So saying, alas, the forces, and we see her forces collide with or fight against, I should say, uh, some Lannisters. Um, it's the interaction with John that's going to really fascinate me because, mm-hmm. as much as we talked about the impact that it's going to have on John, the impact it'll have on Daenerys as well. Will it sway well, her? Yeah. And 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 her and he could be a, her, her objective to take the king's landing. He could try and persuade her to say, "Hey, you need to come up north. You don't want to go south. Dragons, yeah, that's going to help you. No, that's not going to help you at all. Yeah, in the long run. Well, yeah, and you know, she thinks she's coming to a place where she has no allies, and to have someone who's a blood relative who is her. Yeah. I what did he be? He's her niece, or he's he's her. Geez, he's her niece. He's her nephew because she. If Rhaegar is his father and Rhaegar is her brother, yeah, he's her nephew. So he has this, she has this nephew she's never heard of who's got quite a bit of power in Westeros that could, uh, could be, uh, very helpful. But yeah, I'm, it, it, it'll be interesting to see where she goes, how she reacts to it. And, uh, well, we'll find out all of this and more when the season begins on July 16th. That will do it for the first episode of Watchers of Westeros uh, 3.0, I guess we'll say. Um, thank you again for listening, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the show now that we're back. Uh, I'm not going to make any grand promises about you know episodes between now and the premiere, but you never know. Keep your eye on the feed. Anything can happen. Uh, but if, if nothing else, we'll be back to discuss the Season 7 premiere when it happens on July 16th karen thank you as always for doing the podcast with me before we go there is one news story that we kind of ran out of time to talk about so i want your like 15 second thoughts on this but there was a a report that came out that hbo and george rr martin have uh have met with uh with writers and producers about five potential prequel series 
to Game of Thrones. What do you think about that? Is there a dream series for you? Ooh, it's exciting. And it's got to be about the, 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 the war between the houses beforehand. The stuff that we've seen with Ned, for example, the young Ned. I want to see all of that, that politics unfold and see how it's interpreted in TV format compared to book format. So, five, bring it on, eh? Yeah, I don't... They're trying, they're trying to take the uh, the Star Wars uh, yeah. way out of this, aren't they, of the Star Wars standalone movie? Yeah. I don't think there'll actually be five shows. I think they've got five different crews working on yeah. on shows, and they'll pick the best one. Well, War of the Five Kings. Yeah, be War of the Five Shows. War of the Five Shows. <laughs> happens at HBO. They like them all, so they just put all the producers in a, in a ring and have them beat yeah. each other up. It's I, a brutal game, though, because any show could go at any instant, then, couldn't it? Like the War of the Five Kings. You got Game five, you got four shows left now. <laughs> Only had one episode. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, though, you you mentioned that you wanted to see the politics of of you know when Ned was young and Robert was young and Robert's rebellion and all of that. That's the one thing that George R. R. Martin says it definitely won't be. So. Oh. All right. Well, there you go. Then. Yeah. He said he's so. according to according to George R. R. Martin all of the major events in that. And at least in Robert's Rebellion, will be seen either in the show or in the books through flashbacks or people talking about it or whatever. So it won't it won't be necessary the same way, you know, doing the Star Wars prequels was with you know seeing the Clone Wars and, and that sort of thing. So it'll be something completely different. I, I I'm hoping let's like let's go way back. Let's go way way back in history and. and and look at some of these uh, some of these ancient wars or some of these ancient heroes that we hear about in uh, in the Game of Thrones uh, stuff. So I, I think that could be cool and a way to keep like maybe a little bit of uh, connective tissue between uh, Game of Thrones or whatever this prequel will be. Because it won't be like like the Star Wars prequels were to the original trilogy or even what Better Call Saul is to Breaking Bad. It'll be more something along the lines of uh, some some kind of uh, uh, ancient stories that, that we maybe heard of heard t- heard tell of in in the show or in the books but never uh the, 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 we never got into any detail with them and that could be there's hey it's a huge world lots of uh potential for cool stuff to happen there garen well that's it we're done for now we we uh, <laughs> we've, we've made it through an episode after not doing one for uh almost almost a year uh, if people want to keep up with you between episodes, and that can be a long time, as we've demonstrated, uh, what's the best way people can do that? You can follow me on Twitter, at CDuggan6, or if you keep an eye out and you and you follow the iTunes feed with the Star Wars Underworld, you'll hear me from time to time on various episodes, whether it's the main show, if I'm a guest on that, or if we've we're got Life from the Fall going for Rebels' final season. Um, then yeah that's the way to sort of check me out and how can people check you out Dominic oh well the the place to do that well Twitter I'm at DominicJ25 and I'm also at DominicJ25 on Instagram if you want to see me uh, you know at conventions or attempt to make cakes and that sort of thing uh, and uh, you can and as always uh, Star Wars Underworld if you're into Star Wars you should check that out we have a podcast as Karen mentioned new episodes every are recorded on uh, recorded live on Thursday nights and then released on iTunes on Friday and you can keep up with all the latest Star Wars news and find those episodes by going to Star Wars Underworld dot 
com. That's it for us. Uh, like we said, you can follow us at CJuggin6, at DominicJ25, and at Watcher Westeros on Twitter. Uh, we'll be back at some point, sometime, before the, before the new season is over. <laughs> to do at least one episode now uh like i said hopefully hopefully we'll do something between now and then maybe when the next trailer comes out but if not we'll see you when the season returns july 16th that's it for us so long for now It's a wrap.